Great. Rest of y'all are great. Good stuff. Uh, welcome uh, to 7th Street Christian Church. It's good to be together and worship together and hang out with each other and pray together and do this church thing. Um, as uh, my colleague says, uh, we're... Where else in the world are like seven generations of people that would normally not ever hang out together going to come together and hang out and praise God? Uh, the church. It's pretty groovy. So, well, welcome. Glad you're here. Several announcements. Um, first off, uh, you didn't, you may not know, but today is actually Anderson Sunday. Anderson Family Sunday, so we've got uh, uh, Reverend Mark Anderson as worship leader, and Sarah Anderson leading our prayer, and Chris Anderson um, uh, playing organ and piano, filling in for Linus, so thank you, um, all of you, for doing that. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> they got all dressed up and everything. You got Mark in a suit. Um, so, uh, yesterday was, um, the funeral of, of Hunter Cockrell, um, and so we hold, um, Alita and the whole family in our thoughts and prayers. Also just want to recognize that the flowers, um, are from that funeral and were brought over by the family for us to continue to enjoy and, um, honor him. So we, um... We continue to hold the, the family and our own church family in our prayers. Um, he was a big part of this congregation. So, a um, couple other announcements. There's an outreach meeting in the library following worship. Um, and there's also a meeting. Actually, I'm going to let Jamie talk about the rest of the meeting. Do you want to? Yeah. Okay. It makes more sense for me. All right, we've got a lot of meetings going on. The end of August is a packed month, so take these as you can. Ready? Today, after worship, we have a meeting for our fall service weekend for youth between the uh, school grades of 7th and 12th. Um, but also, if you are not in 7th through 12th grade, I'm looking for another adult to join me as an adult chaperone. Um, we'll be headed to Baltimore, Maryland, uh, Columbus Day weekend, October 5th through the 7th for a couple days, um, to engage in ongoing ministries in downtown Baltimore City through an organization called The Center. I visited The Center two years ago in February um, and had an amazing experience. Um, they're a mission organization, but they work with local churches, so they don't necessarily do their own projects or things, but they partner with local churches to continue to support the ministries that are ongoing there. So if you'd like to learn more about that, join me today after worship. I have Sugar Shack Donuts, if that's influential at all for you. Um, so we'll meet in the parlor right after worship. This Friday, we have a rock climbing night from 4 to 6 p.m. We'll be headed to a place that Holly is very familiar with and I'm starting to become familiar with, Triangle Rock Club. Um, from 4 to 6 p.m. It is $15 a person. Did you know that anyone can put on a harness and rock climb? Doesn't matter what your age is. You can join us. If you've never done it before, if you are a professional rock climber, any level of experience is welcome. Let me know if you're interested in joining us on Friday because I'm going to send you a link to do an e-waiver to kind of sign your life away, but it's safe. It'll be fun. Um, if Tush is coming. You're going to try to come, right, Tush? Rock climbing? Yes, Tush. There we go. I will be there. I'm willing to laugh at myself, so I hope you will too. Um, what? I'm willing to laugh at you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Finally, the last thing that I have a reminder for you about is next Sunday during worship, we are going to be blessing the backpacks. 
Um, on my backpack here that I've had since my junior year of high school, I have a couple little tags and little token sorts of things that have been given to me from my home church at Blessing of the Backpack Worship. Um, next week, we're going to be adding another little surprise to our backpack to t carry with you. Um, if you don't go to school anymore and you have a bag that you would still like to be blessed for this upcoming year, please bring it. We'll bless anything. Tote bag, fanny pack, whatever you feel like bringing. Um, and we're going to remember to love and be loved next week. Um, so bring your bags and we'll bless them. Thank you. Lots going on. Um, just wanted to bring your attention to a couple other prayer concerns. If you didn't hear the announcement last Sunday, Elaine Krauss broke her hip, no, her femur, and um, is in a facility up in Northern Virginia. She was off visiting her daughter who is on hospice um, and, uh, and fell and injured herself. So her address um, at her, the facility is listed um, on the prayer concerns page, and she would absolutely love cards um, and and phone calls even um, from her church family and friends. So don't forget, like you can do that right now. We have these prayer cards um, in the pews and you can pass them around if you, I mean, if I try to keep them stocked, but um, I don't know, some people may also, they use them or they use them to make their grocery list like I used to do at my home church. Um, that's fine, there's no judgment. Um, but there are prayer cards, so you can easily just write one right now and drop it in the offering plate. We'll collect all those and send them in one envelope. Um, if, but, or you can write you know, your own card and mail it. So, um, Also just want to recognize, I see um, Ryan added, as I asked him to, uh, um, to keep uh, Tush uh, and Buddy in your thoughts and prayers. Um, our beloved Tush lost her beloved cat, Buddy. Um, this past week. So I know that he was a big part of your life, Tush, and that you're feeling a big, a big sense of loss. And so we hold you in our thoughts and prayers. Um, so any other announcements? All right. Well, let us prepare our hearts to worship God.
Our house has been filled with music this week. Good morning. Will you please stand, all who are able, and all of you join with me in our, in our call to worship. We, well, we come, for God gathers us here, with that community called faith. We come, for God welcomes us here into that home called grace. We come, for God reunites us here, sisters and brothers in that family called love. Let us join now together in our opening hymn, number 80. My shepherd, you supply my need. Let us pray that our love of God may become real and tangible in our love for our neighbor. God, you display your almighty power in loving us without regret. In the human heart of Jesus, your son, you have shown us how far love can go. Give us a love that is forgiving, generous, and gentle like his, that we may recognize and welcome him in our brothers and sisters. And may our hearts reach out first to the poorest and the least lovable with the gracious love you have given us in Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. God accepts and forgives us. We are made new by God. At peace with God, let us now offer the peace of Christ to one another. May the peace of God be with you.
Our first scripture reading comes, us, comes to us from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 5, verses 3 through 12. We know it better as the Beatitudes. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called the children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. For in the same way, they persecuted the prophets who were before you. The word of the Lord. Mark got to read his favorite scripture. I got to hear my favorite song from Chris today. It's a good Sunday. Our second scripture reading comes again from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 25, verses 31 through 46. And I invite you to actively listen to read along. When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, then he will sit on the throne of his glory. All the nations will be gathered before him and he will separate people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. And he will put the sheep at his right hand and the goats at his left. Then the king will say to those at his right hand, Come you that are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you welcomed me. I was naked, and you gave me clothing. I was sick, and you took care of me. I was in prison, and you visited me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when was it that we saw you hungry and gave you food, or thirsty and gave you something to drink? And when was it that we saw you a stranger and welcomed you and saw you naked and gave you clothing? And when was it that we saw you sick or in prison and visited you. And the king will answer them, Truly I tell you, just as you did it to one of the least of these who are members of my family, you did it to me. And then he will say to those at his left hand, you that are cursed, depart from me into the internal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, and you gave me no food. I was thirsty, and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger, and you did not welcome me. Naked, and you did not give me clothing. Sick and in prison, and you did not visit me. Then they also will answer, Lord, when was it that we saw you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked or sick or in prison and did not take care of you? Then he will answer him, Truly I tell you, just as you did not do it for one of the least of these, you did not do it to me. And these will go away into eternal punishment, 
but the righteous into eternal life. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God, depending on what side you're on. Do y'all remember the song, the Joan Osborne song, What If God Was One of Us? I'm not going to sing it like some people did a couple weeks ago, but Jamie Babzak uh, preached a couple weeks ago, if you missed it, and sang. I'm not going to sing. Says, what if God were one of us, just a slob like one of us, just a stranger on the bus trying to make his way home? This is the song that immediately came to mind when I was working on this sermon. Jesus tells a somewhat fearful parable about judgment at the end times when the nations of the world gather before the Son of Man, recognizing his kingship, and as he stands in the same location where Jesus gave that great sermon on the mount that Mark just read. From this location, the Son of Man separates individuals from one another into two different flocks, sheep and goats. And the sheep receive a place of honor and inherit God's kingdom because they gave him food and water and clothing and care and hospitality. And the goats, on the other hand, are cursed and end up in eternal fire because they did none of those things. It is a gruesome image, this parable. Even a Hans Christian Andersen or Grimm Brothers fairy tale, much less a Jesus parable. But to go back to the song, what is interesting is that in this story, neither group knows who they are. Both groups are absolutely clueless, scratching their heads. When did we help you? When did we not help you? When? We didn't know it was you. It leaves the question, would we recognize the Messiah if the Messiah were right in front of us? For the last few weeks, we have been talking about hospitality, God's radical hospitality, hospitality to those we we know, and today, considering hospitality to those we don't know. And this text, like most scriptures should, raises some interesting questions about how we live out our faith. This text may leave us wondering if we come to the conclusion that that we are saved from helping others. As long as we help the poor and clothe the needy and care for the sick, are we saved? And if we don't, is our faith empty and our future bleak? We have a tendency to reduce our faith to a set of rules. And as long as we follow them, everything is going to be okay. We live in a world that is not rigid. So to obtain some level of power and control, It's really nice to put these rigid rules on our faith. If I believe this, then I am a Christian. We might see our faith as a scorecard. I've served on this committee. I volunteered this many hours at the food bank. How am I doing? Am I saved yet? How many points do I have? 
And when we hear this parable, we might be thinking about, which one am I? Am I a sheep or am I a goat? Oh, I'm definitely a sheep. (laughs) Of course, we're all sheep. But the truth is, we're both. Have any of us ever helped another? Have we taken a meal to a friend? Or given money to a stranger? What about visiting a friend in the hospital or even in prison? Have we given our time to help build a house for Habitat for Humanity or given our money to the ministries like Week of Compassion? But how many of us have also not done what we could? When we refuse to make eye contact with that person on the street out of fear that they will ask us for something that we don't have. Or had good intentions of visiting that person in the hospital, but we just got too busy and it didn't happen. Or we'd like to volunteer more, but we just can't find the time. The truth is, is that the world's needs are endless. So it does not serve us to ask the question, are we sheep or are we goats? Because we're both. You see, the purpose of this parable is not to question if we have done enough to be sheep, but to show how to love the neighbor. I know we like to make this all about us. How is my faith? How am I doing? Have I done enough? Am I there yet? But the question that Jesus is encouraging us to ask in this story is not how am I doing, but how is my neighbor doing? There's a story about a monastery that had fallen on hard times. Once a great order had become decimated to the point that there were only five monks left in a decaying mother house. And the abbot and four others, all over the age of 70, clearly realized it was a dying order. In the deep woods surrounding the monastery, there was a hermitage. And as the abbot agonized over the imminent death of his order, it occurred to him to visit the hermitage and ask if by some possible chance the hermit could offer some advice that might save the monastery. And the hermit welcomed the abbot. But when the abbot explained the purpose of his visit, the hermit could only commiserate with him. I know how it is, he exclaimed. The spirit has gone out of the people. It is the same in the nearby towns. The time came when the abbot had to leave. And they embraced each other. It has been a wonderful thing that we should meet after all these years, the abbot said. But I have still failed in my purpose for coming here. Is there nothing you can tell me, no piece of advice that you could give me that would help me save this dying order? No? I'm sorry, the hermit responded. I have no advice to give. The only thing I can tell you is the Messiah is one of you. When the abbot returned to the monastery, his fellow monks gathered around him to ask, well, what did the hermit say? He couldn't help. The abbot answered, we just 
complained and read the scriptures together. The only thing he did say, just as I was leaving, was just something so cryptic. He said that the Messiah was one of us. I don't know what he meant. In the days and weeks and months that followed, the old monks pondered these words and wondered whether there was any possible significance. The Messiah, one of us? Could he possibly have meant one of us monks here at the monastery? And if that's the case, which one? Do you suppose he meant the abbot? Yes, if he meant the abbot, he probably meant the he meant the abbot because he's been our leader for more than a generation. On the other hand, he might have meant Brother Thomas. Certainly Brother Thomas is a holy man. Everyone knows that Thomas is a man of the light. Certainly he could not have met, meant Brother Elred. Elred gets crotchety at times. But come to think about it, even though he is a thorn in people's sides, when you look back on it, Elred is virtually always right, often very right. Maybe the hermit didn't mean Brother Elred. But surely not Brother Philip. I mean, Philip is so passive and a real nobody. But then almost mysteriously, he has a gift for somehow always being there when you need him. He just magically appears by your side. Maybe, maybe Philip is the Messiah. Of course, the hermit didn't mean me. He couldn't possibly have meant me. I am just an ordinary person. Yet suppose he did. Suppose I am the Messiah. Oh, God, not me. I couldn't be that much for you, could I? As they contemplated in this manner, the old monks began to treat each other with extraordinary respect. On the off chance that one of them might just be the Messiah. And on the off, off chance that each monk himself might be the Messiah, they began to treat themselves with extraordinary respect as well. Let us go and do likewise. Each week we have the opportunity to dedicate ourselves to walking in the ways of Jesus, living out our faith as a community at 7th Street Christian Church. If you are interested in joining 7th Street Christian Church, you are invited to come forward as we sing our hymn of commitment, All Who Love and Serve Your City. We will sing verses 1, 2, and 3.
please be seated. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we come to you today thankful once again for this opportunity to worship you as a church family. Through our joys and our sorrows, we know that you are here with us, hearing our prayers and giving us strength and courage to move forward as your people. This week, I have found it particularly hard to pray as I should. I know you've heard my cries for peace of mind and strength through the trying times that lie ahead of me. I know you've heard my plea for comfort for those mourning the loss of their good health, their jobs, and their loved ones. I know that you have been with me through the sleepless nights when I could not silence the thoughts in my head constantly bombarding me with the conclusion that life just doesn't seem fair. And I know that you have noticed that too often this week, I have neglected to thank you for all that I do have. A roof over my head, food on my table, a job that pays the bills, and the unwavering love, support, and encouragement of my family and friends, both here and abroad. I know these are all gifts from you. Forgive my selfishness this week and remind us all that you are ever present and never will desert us. We thank you for those who have, you have shared with us for many years, who you have recently called home. We give thanks for the life of Kofi Annan, a champion of peace and human rights, and dedicated to combating HIV. We give thanks for the life of Aretha Franklin, not only for her captivatingly beautiful voice, but also for her meaningful, moving words. Hers were the anthems during the civil rights movement encompassing racial, gender, and sexual freedoms that women held onto with courage and hope for a better future. And as a family of faith, we give thanks for the life of Hunter Cockrell, devoted husband, father, grandfather, and longtime leader here at 7th Street. As a faithful servant of yours, his dedication to you through his work at our church will not soon be forgotten. Please be with Alita and their family and friends through the days ahead, providing comfort as only you know how. God of freedom, we pray for our nation's leaders. We give thanks for our Senate that has agreed to support and uphold our right to speak freely as a press and as a people. Through thoughtful and prayerful speech, we can continue to voice our concerns and call for positive action that improves the lives of all Americans, especially those in vulnerable places in life. God, we ask you to protect and provide for those experiencing disasters, from the flooding in India to the earthquake in Fiji. We pray for those who are still affected by war, poverty, social injustice, lack of drinking water and food insecurities. In a world where we have more than enough for everyone, remind us that you call us to build bigger tables, not taller fences. Father, as we set forth into this new week, help us to be intentional in our actions and our words, serving others as Jesus taught us. Help us to always see beauty, speak kindly, love truly and deeply, give freely, create peace joyfully, and live thankfully. And with each person we encounter, no matter the circumstance, let us see your face in theirs, for they too are your children. God of healing, we ask for a blessing for those who are sick, both in body and in spirit. Be with those awaiting tests and results. Hold them in your hand. You know the prayers of our hearts, dear Lord. Thank you for your steadfast love. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God's love is an active love. Engaged, involved, immersed. 
God is seen in what we do, not just in what we say. And the blessing of children and the meals with outcasts and the touching of the untouchable in our presence and our self-giving and our opening the way to life to all who will come. God is expressed through people like us as we share our wealth in simplicity and generosity, as we share wholeness in care and healing and the sick and the broken, as we share hospitality by being truly present to those lonely, the imprisoned, the marginalized, as we share peace and kindness, listening and acceptance with those who challenge us, confront us, and threaten us. Let us give as we are able in our tithes and offerings.
Let us pray. As you have loved us in incarnate action, O God, may we learn to be incarnations through whom your love is expressed and experienced in action. We give thanks for your blessings and these offerings. Amen. You may be seated. Lord, when was it that we saw you hungry and gave you food, or thirsty and gave you something to drink? And when was it that we saw you a stranger and welcomed you, or naked and gave you clothing? And when was it that we saw you sick or in prison and visited you? And the king will answer them, Truly I tell you, just as you did it to one of the least of these who are members of my family, you did it to me. At this table, we are hungry, and Jesus feeds us. We are thirsty, and Jesus gives us drink. At this table, we are not strangers. There are no strangers. At this table, we are fed and nourished and welcomed. So let us partake and then go and do likewise. Let us join our voices in our communion hymn found on page 622. As we gather around this table, we remember the story that on the night Jesus was betrayed, he took bread and blessed it and gave it to his disciples and said, This bread is like my body, broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And likewise, after supper, Jesus took the cup and poured it. and blessed it, and gave it to them, and said, The wine in this cup is like the blood in my veins, poured out to give you new life. Do this in remembrance of me. Let us pray. We thank you, O God, for this time together around this table, and for that which we are about to receive, especially this bread, that it may strengthen us in all ways, strengthen us body, mind, and spirit, we give you thanks for those who've gone before us, who have served at this table and all of our tables throughout the centuries, sharing the good news of Jesus Christ, his life given for all on Calvary's cross. Bless this bread to our bodies, and us always to your spirit, for we pray these things in his holy name. Amen. Gracious God, we continue in our thanks for the emblems on this table as they help us recall the final supper Jesus had with his disciples. We wonder if they suspected 
what the events of the night would bring. But we hope that they were aware of your presence with them as Jesus blessed the bread and cup, adding new meaning to the Passover observance. So as we share the cup in fellowship with one another, may we also be aware of your presence, not only in this moment, but also in the week to come as we face the uncertainties each day can bring. Help us to see you in the encounters with others that come our way, to respond generously when we see needs that we can help to meet, and to look at the events in our lives without judgment, asking only what we should do in love and compassion for others, thereby moving toward our goal of living more Christ-like lives. We ask these things in Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen.
Let us pray. True faith cannot lie dormant. It clothes the naked, it feeds the hungry, it comforts the sorrowful, it shelters the destitute, it serves those that harm it, it binds up that which is wounded, wounded. It becomes all things to all people. We are equipped for this work in the world to walk in the ways of Jesus as he taught us through his life and through his prayer as we pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. glory forever. Amen. Let us stand and join our voices in our closing hymn, Ours the Journey. We will sing verses 1, 2, and 4. As you receive this benediction and as you depart today, please know that um, our wandering through worship kids um, are feeding us for the journey home. So pick up a snack bag. Um, very cool. Receive this benediction. May God bless you with discomfort and easy answers, half-truths, and superficial relationships so that you may live deep within your heart. May God bless you with anger at injustice, oppression, exploitation of people, so that you may work for justice, freedom, and peace. May God bless you with tears to shed for those who suffer from pain, rejection, starvation, and war, so that you may reach out your hand to comfort them and turn their pain into joy. May God bless you with enough foolishness to believe that you can make a difference in this world so that you can do what others claim cannot be done. Go now in peace to love and serve your Lord. Amen. <laughs>